Athlete Mindset is part of the CadSource Podcast Network. At CadSource, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're growing this one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you by searching CadSource on your social media app of choice. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network, the CadSource Podcast Network. This is the Athlete Mindset Podcast, and it's all about mental health in sports. Presented and produced by Sports Eat Plus, part of the CadSource Podcast Network. Athlete Mindset is hosted by Lisa Bontasumi. Lisa is a therapist and mental performance consultant to high-performing athletes at the youth, collegiate, and professional levels. Lisa also works with teams, coaches, and other members of the sports ecosystem. The Athlete Mindset Podcast is a space for conversations with athletes, coaches, practitioners, and stakeholders in sports. And it's where those individuals share their perspectives, experiences, and thoughts on mental health in sports. I am Eric Kazimov, founder of CadSource and the creator of Sports C+. I'm hosting the Athlete Mindset Podcast on this platform as I deeply believe these conversations are essential and deserve to be prioritized. I'm super excited to have Luca Deza with me today. She's a pro footballer and founder, currently playing for the GPSO ISSI in Paris, France. What's up, Luca? How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm excited. I know it is late there in Paris, so I appreciate you coming up after a whole day of training and different things to like spend some time with me. So I, I really appreciate you. Of course, of course. I appreciate your time. Thank you. So tell me, how long have you been a professional footballer? I've been playing professionally, actually not super long. Probably, I think this is my third year. Okay. So after COVID hit, it was my junior season at Cal and everything with COVID was going on. I didn't really know if we were going to have a season or not. Like nobody knew what was going on. And I was talking to my coaches about like, what I should do. Like, should I take this leap of trying to just go immediately after my junior year without playing my senior season? And so luckily I had a pretty good junior season at Cal Mm -hmm. and I was able to, I went for like a month and a half. I was training with um, an NWSL team called Gotham FC. Mm-hmm. And then from there, while I was there, I actually was trying to decide whether I wanted to put myself in the draft mm-hmm. or just take the step of playing professionally elsewhere instead of waiting for the draft. So when I was there, I got an email from Sevilla FC in La Liga in Spain. And for me, that was just a dream come true because I have just been a massive La Liga fan ever since I was young. My dad is Spanish. So for me, I just grew up a massive, massive Barca fan. I still am. So I've always wanted to play pro in Spain. I just didn't know that it was going to happen at that time, right? So I got that email for actually a tryout. So I decided to buy a one-way ticket from New Jersey. So this is an interesting story. I bought a one-way ticket from the Bay, right, to New Jersey. I was given two days, basically. I was notified in the Bay, given two days to pack my things. 
So I bought a one-way ticket from the Bay to New Jersey. And then from there, a one-way ticket from New Jersey to Sevilla, Spain. And so when I was leaving the Bay, because I had such short like notice to leave, my family didn't actually know that I wasn't going to see them for as long as I didn't see them, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So it was definitely a very new experience. The same suitcase that I had packed for like (laughs) to go to New Jersey, I used to go to Sevilla and it was a tryout. Thankfully, I made it. And so I signed my first professional contract with Sevilla. Wow. What a story. And the fact that there were one-way tickets too, like there's a like a level of trust and sort of belief that it it'll be what it is and then you'll pivot when you need to. Like I think that's really cool. Yeah, I think it's just like obviously there was a level of risk involved, mm-hmm. but I think it's just taking that chance on yourself and believing in the hours and years of preparation that you've put in before. And yeah. Believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's really important to note. I mean, especially COVID put a lot of you guys and you in a position to make different decisions that you didn't anticipate and yeah. to think thoughtfully through these things under a stressful time is huge. Is huge. Yeah. We were all going through it during that time. It was... Mm-hmm. It was definitely a season of a lot of changes, you know? Absolutely. How would you describe that time for you as a player, as a human, going through COVID during that time in your college career? It was pretty chaotic, to be honest. Mm. A lot of uncertainty, but I also think a moment of a lot of gratitude and just realizing how precious being able to play even is I had never experienced anything like that in which these circumstances were put in the play where it's like you don't even know if you're going to have a season like you're not even worried about if you're going to have a season you're just worried about the health of the people that you love and mm-hmm. just hoping that people get better and society is better and improve you know what i mean so Yeah, I think it was that period for me. Yeah, I kind of puts things in perspective is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, definitely. Like life is precious, time is precious. But now you're in Paris. What was your transition from Spain to Paris like? Well, while I was in Sevilla, I actually tore my ACL, Mm -hmm. tore my meniscus, tore my MCL. So a whole new season of, of change and gratitude and exactly what I had described for that season of COVID. I I relived those feelings again Mm -hmm. with that injury because I was so far from home and it was something so new to me and just extremely painful physically for me in my case and, and mentally. So yeah, it was very difficult. And in Spain, yeah, it was difficult being far away from my family and my friends and trying to heal and I don't know, like take the steps of healing while you're almost by yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think from there, it's just been an uphill journey of, of just healing basically. And I think this season in Paris has been 
amazing because it's allowed me to get back on the field, feel like a footballer again, get rhythm and play every match 90 minutes, which is just for me a blessing. Wow. I know how injuries can take a toll mentally and physically. And you talk about the pain, but from the beginning of our talk today, there's always been a level of gratitude and Mm -hmm. sort of realizing your blessings. Like, how do you have that mindset? Like, where does that come from? Even through this adversities of COVID, of these injuries, how are you able to access that? I feel like, honestly, when you hit a low, I think that a lot of people are in this place of just like extreme vulnerability and just like, I think it's at that moment when you are just feeling like you're at the lowest point where you actually just grow so much Mm. mentally, spiritually. And I think that in those moments, you just appreciate life and things so much more after. You're going through it, Mm. right? Mm-hmm. And it, in those moments where you're going through it and you're feeling all sorts of pain, whether that's physical, mental, whatever, in that season, you just start to appreciate your healing so much more. And you can appreciate the little things like like walking, you know? Mm-hmm. Like in my injury, I was two months on crutches. I couldn't walk wow. for two months. Like even just like getting up in the morning and just like, making food and taking a bath or taking a shower, you know, just little things like that. I just took for granted. And when you hit that low point Mm -hmm. where you're like two months on crutches, for example, or X, Y, Z, everybody goes through their own things. It's where later on you can look back and be like, I'm just happy to be walking. I'm just happy to be running. I'm happy to be with my family, you know, Mm -hmm. you just start appreciating the things more. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I mean, I think both COVID and injuries can force a person to slow down, Mm -hmm. to slow down, be in the moment, see things that maybe you were rushing through before and didn't have that chance or opportunity to see. So I love your perspective and the way that you can grow in so many ways and heal in so many ways, not just physically from something like that. It's awesome. So tell us about the day in the life of a pro footballer. I mean, like, I'll just say, you're like, oh, is this is this video or audio? I just, I'm, I'm in my pajamas after a long day of training. Like, yeah. you know, what's the day in the life right now, this part of your season? Let's see, a typical day in the life. I would say we're actually pretty lucky in the sense that we have a lot of free time. Mm. Which is, I mean, it really depends if you're traveling, then obviously not. But on a typical day-to-day, I would say that most pro footballers actually have a lot of spare time. Mm -hmm. Because unless you're doing double sessions, you train once a day and the training's what, like three hours, right? The rest of the day, you're kind of just chilling. So for me... I mean, I have a really difficult time just taking time for myself and just not doing much. So I think that everything that I've been doing with divine time has just been a perfect filler of my time because I feel like I'm working on my purpose and and what I believe in 
in tandem to being able to play my sport. Well, you've said a lot there and I want to unpack divine time in a second and we will. But the fact that you're saying as a pro footballer, I have a lot of free time or we have a lot of free time in our profession, that can be good to some people and not so good to other people. Like, I mean, coming up as a collegiate athlete, almost every hour of your every day is structured. What time right. you wake up? When are weights? When right. do you eat? Who do you eat with? What you eat? Exactly. Like and when classes you eat, right? in between. Classes you're in between. You're so busy in college. It's so yep. different. Like you don't even have time to be thinking about things. You're just like constantly moving. Exactly. So it's, and it's yeah, the structure yeah. is kind of created for you, so you don't have to use that part of your mind to kind of manage that. But definitely, right? As a pro footballer, you're away from home again. You have a lot of free time. And so it kind of leads me to, it sounds like you like structure. You created divine time. You're expressing your identities outside of just your sports um, and that there's time to do that and that you've harnessed that time very intentionally for yourself. Right. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. Awesome. So you talk about divine time is an expression of your purpose and like really means a lot to you. Tell us about divine time. I mean, what do you want to know? <laughs> I could talk about divine for hours. I know. Okay, let me be specific. So what is the mission of divine time? Where did the the idea of creating divine time come from? So the idea, and this ties into the mission. Okay. Basically, when I when I had this dream as a kid of playing professional football, I think that I glamorized it as mm-hmm. Because obviously, when I was younger, there weren't as many female role models as we have now, especially in this industry. And I feel like I looked up to a lot of male players, Mm -hmm. right? And how it is for males that play professionally is just completely different for how it is for females, right? Like, Like I had this idea of like you making it as a pro is just like, wow, you made it. And now you can just focus on football. You can focus on the sport that you love and you don't have to worry about that. Like your family's taken care of. Like you see Mm -hmm. all these on social media, X, Y, Z. And to my surprise, obviously I knew like it wasn't going to be like nowhere near that level of like the way the males have it. However, I didn't realize just how opposite it was, just how much it would be a struggle on so many different levels. You and I know what you're talking about, but I want you to spell that out a little bit for people who are listening. What are like the top three differences between the male footballer and the female footballer at the professional level? I mean, financially is huge. (laughs) The payout, the salaries. Uh I mean, the salary is just drastically, drastically different. Even, Uh I mean, I love to tell this story of Divine because I think it's really impactful. But even at a huge club like Sevilla FC, Uh me and my best friend, Tony, we would come out of the training. It would be pouring rain and we would be riding our bicycle to the metro station at a huge club and it's pouring rain. While the men at the same facility drive past us in their Lamborghinis 
in their Bugatti, in their McLaren, drive right past us. We're in the same facility and we are biking like 10 minutes to the metro station, one hour commute. Like, do you know what, you know what I mean? Wow. So the inequity. picture that. Yeah, totally. That's a great story. And that it gives you a real good sort of sense of it and a visual. So, right. wow. Wow. And so I think from then on, I really started to investigate more of the stories of women playing in the industry and not just in football, but across sports, volleyball, the WNBA, et cetera. And I just came to the same conclusion that we are all going through it and it's the same struggle for all these different women. And the stories that each individual have is just incredibly sad and unfair. And I think at that point, after hearing so many stories, investigating, doing my research, and also realizing that the time to invest in female athletes in the female game is now, Mm -hmm. that's when divine time really came in. And our purpose is to help change that financially on a societal level and mentally as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you're talking about is that <laughs> you've discovered that sport mimics life, right? Because there's inequities in, in salaries with men and women across all industries. Right. right? Isn't it right. like the female doing the same exact job as their male counterpart makes like 60 cents on the dollar, something yeah. like that, right? And so that's like not any different than what you're finding at the professional sport level across these sports and in your own sport. And you've mentioned Divine Time helps the athlete from a societal, financial, and mental level. Can you talk about those yes. like three pillars that, that you focus Definitely. on? So our goal financially is to help the athletes with one, n- utilizing their name, image, and likeness and marketing themselves as best as possible so that we can then connect them to potential sponsorship opportunities, brand collabs, et cetera, so that they don't have to worry too much about just financially in general, living paycheck to paycheck. We want to help them with the things that we can help them with in terms of being creative and marketing campaigns and doing brand collabs, sponsorships. That's kind of the gist financially. Okay. Gotcha. On a societal level, we believe that there is just not enough visibility to the game. So we want to obviously help just encourage the televisation of women's sports and also using our personal Divine Time social media to be posting about important news, as you've probably seen Mm -hmm. what we do on Instagram and LinkedIn. So like really important news as well as utilizing our social media for storytelling. And then mentally is really important for us as well, which is why we partnered with Athlete Mindset is because the fact that these women are living paycheck to paycheck, it's really difficult for them to be able to afford a therapist, to be able to afford seeing a sports psychiatrist or a mental counselor. And that's just oftentimes because of how unprofessional still it is, is not even available, Uh Uh right? And so 
why is it that these women have to deal with so much being a professional and they're not even given the mental support that they need to get through that? And then they're not even getting paid enough financial, like, you know? And so that's what we're fighting for. I'm, I'm obviously, I'm getting rattled up. I'm very passionate about it. <laughs> no, but, I love it. I love it. Yeah, those are those are our pillars. No, I appreciate you breaking them down. They're all very, very important in their own right. And together will make an impact and have already been making an impact. So, you know, I'm proud to be alongside you in that fight. I did notice from the societal level, the post that you made about the first all-female team of referees mm-hmm. in the Men's World Cup that's going on presently in the game, Costa Rica versus Germany. Like, how'd that make you feel to see to see that and to maybe probably watch most, if not all, of that game? I mean, it's about damn time. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Like it's 2022. Like it's about to be 2023 here, you know, like it's about time. And I, it just makes me extremely proud. And I'm just hoping that we just continue to make these strides and that as other women that are seeing that we continue to highlight this and just continue the discussion around how important it is. Absolutely. Because what you're talking about is equity across the board, financially, financially, the visibility from societal level of females Mm -hmm. and then the The mental health access, right? To that has to be curated to the salaries to afford this. Like, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. like most jobs, most professional jobs offer benefits. Mm-hmm. And most of them have some kind of commitment to mental health. You know, as athletes, you know, the mental health, which includes mental performance on the field and then how you navigate life, both are so important in the overall well-being of a human. And so the fact that you have chosen these three pillars that like support one another or sort of symbiotic with one another right. is really, really awesome. Really awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, of course. With all of that, how do you feel divine time can impact the future of women's soccer internationally and in the U.S.? I mean, we are thinking big. I mean, our mission is to help change those things completely. So like in the bigger picture, we want to look back like 20 years from now and have the women that are playing professionally now not see it the same way that we do now Mm -hmm. and not have to go through these struggles that we're going through now because I've spoken to a lot of women that are actually retired and it's actually wild how similar our stories are and Mm -hmm. we're like you know 10 15 years apart and we're still talking about the same damn thing yeah and that is the goal of divine is to be able to also create a community of women that think the same way that believe in the same mission and all help each other move forward. So we're just not repeating the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say to maybe a young up and coming female soccer player who is considering like you did playing after college, 
let's say you went back to Cal and you mm-hmm. were like talking to some potential recruits, right? Right. What would you be telling them about how they should prepare themselves or how they should, what they should focus on to feel most successful, both mentally and physically? Oof, it's a good question. <laughs> I would definitely stress the why mm. at the end of the day for them to always go back to the why. Why are you doing it? Because being a professional, and I'm taking away just like financially, societal, mentally, just being a professional in general, whether this is like you're a man or a woman is difficult. There's a lot of things that go into it. And I think it's just really important to come back to why you're doing it. And that's because you love the game. And if you're doing it for any other reason, then it's not going to be worth it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you want to be a professional because you genuinely love football and you genuinely have this dream, then don't let anybody take that away from you. And don't let all these negative circumstances that are going on discourage you. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that is what's happening is that women are seeing like, well, I want to play professionally, but I know that playing professionally is going to mean X, Y, Z. It's going to mean that I'm going to struggle financially. It's going to mean that I'm not going to have this support. It's going to mean that I'm not going to have savings. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping that obviously this changes and we're pushing for it to change. Thank you for that. So to ask you, how do you stay in love with football, with everything you've been through? How do you stay in love with it? How do I stay in love with it? I think that football is just, for me, been almost just a therapy for me. Mm-hmm. Like it has gotten me through so much, but also looking back at it, like it's not always sunshine and rainbows and i think that that's what true love is like mm. talking about love as a definition in general is not all sunshine and rainbows it's not all good it's not all easy and i think that's what it's like to truly love football mm. <laughs> i mean you're I, you're talking about a relationship this is yeah. you have a relationship that you've had with football over these years cuz you're talking about that could easily be Two partners, two life partners yeah, talking absolutely. about, you know, our love is not always going to feel like rainbows and clowns and ice cream and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's how we love each other through mm-hmm. the tough times and come out on the other end. And it sounds like you felt absolutely. that love from football throughout all this stuff. So that's great. Absolutely. I love that's it. I love actually it. exactly how I would describe it. It's a relationship and it's a relationship that you also have to continue to nurture and water. It's a relationship in which you have to go in within yourself and continue to ask yourself, do I want to keep going? Do I want to keep moving forward? It's a relationship in which you have to ask yourself if it's continuing to be healthy for you. So yeah, I think very, very similar into like a romantic relationship or relationship with family or friends, like any deep connection it's very similar to that. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for breaking that down. So you had mentioned 
you have been challenged physically, mentally, and spiritually over your career so far, your young career, which I, I hope and you know that it will continue as long as you want it to. What are things that you do for yourself in those three realms to take care of your, like what's the number one thing you do to take care of your mental health? A number one thing you do to take care of your spiritual health? And then a number one thing you do to take care of your physical health, because we all know then together, that's a healthy person, right? Yeah. So yeah. what are the things that you do? I think mentally, I really enjoy journaling. Mm. I think that that helps me when I feel like my mind is just cluttered. So I definitely love journaling. I love listening to music. Music is huge for me. Well, like if anybody- How much music do you listen to, Luca? What kind of music? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it really depends on the mood. Gotcha. It, really, gotcha. it depends gotcha. on the mood. But mm-hmm. no, if you know me, I'm somebody that like listens to music probably an unhealthy amount. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I always have my headsets in. Like I'm just constantly listening. I feel like it's a beautiful way of like expressing mm-hmm. your emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also like a way to feel your emotions as well and understand them because you listen to songs and you're like, wow, you know, this song hits different for me. And then you mm-hmm. listen to the lyrics again and you're like, wow, this really describes what I'm going through and mm. use that. So yeah, listening to music, journaling, and then I love just speaking to the people that are closest to me about real things and Mm -hmm. connecting on on real things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that for me as a human being i deeply enjoy connection so i think mentally that's what i do to take care of myself love it thank you thank you so much any comment on the physical way you take care of yourself and our spiritual physically i try to ice I yeah. stretch a lot. Yeah. I try to go see a physio. Or what else? I think just the normal pro athlete stuff. You know, the boring stuff. Icing, stretching, that kind of stuff. Fueling and recovering. Fueling, eating healthy. I have a very strict diet that my mom makes fun of me for. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm on top of it. But I try not to obsess over it, actually. Yeah, that's important. Because uh, I think that's that's a dangerous line for sure. I definitely enjoy when I'm out. I'm not that type of person that's going to be like, no, I can't have a, the pizza. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm still going to go out and I'm still going to enjoy what life has to offer in terms of food. But I am very, on a day-to-day, very picky on what I put in my body. Yeah. Give us an example of your breakfast. What do so you have for, for breakfast? breakfast? I habitually have oatmeal. Okay. But I, it's not a boring oatmeal. Okay. okay. So before anybody is judging me, <laughs> <laughs> I spice it up for sure. Okay. So I make this and I genuinely look forward to my morning oatmeal. Like I know that this <laughs> sounds like... <laughs> super nerdy but i'm like i love to just look forward to my morning oatmeal and my morning coffee and just just have that okay yeah. so i yeah. i put in all sorts of fruits 
banana, apple, mm. uh, blueberry. I put some granola in there, honey. I also tried to put like some protein. Mm-hmm. So whatever I can do to get some protein in the morning. And then honey, cinnamon. I don't go bland with it is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I see that. I see that actually sounds very, very good. So I love it. And very healthy, very, you know, lots of fuel in that to fuel yeah. your training session that's going to come soon after you have your breakfast. So that's awesome. Yeah. I'll send you a photo next time I make it. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I'll be like, oh my God, Luca, she's eating this. <laughs> and what about your spiritual health? What do you do for that? Spiritual health. Listen, I try and remember to continue to be grateful and thankful and say things that I'm thankful for out loud. Yes. Put that out in the world and manifest things. I think just it puts me in a really good mood to speak to people about what I'm thankful for and just put that energy out and then have that energy be reciprocated by somebody else who is also thankful. So a lot of times when I'm like speaking to my mom or my sister or my best friends, and I only really do this with people that I'm like extremely close to, but sometimes I'm just like, we'll randomly ask them like, what are you thankful for today? Or like, let's talk about like what we're thankful for because sometimes like I need to hear it myself because I'll be caught in sometimes complaining and I can feel myself complaining. And I'm like, damn, Luca, like you were just not even walking like a year ago, Mm -hmm. you know, like let's take a step back and you're complaining about all these things and you're letting all these things affect you. And so sometimes just like taking that step and just putting that out in the universe and just letting it go. I love it. Thank you. You know that when you express your gratitudes regularly, it does increase a level of joy and optimism. I read that. Yeah. Yes, I read And right. And so I don't know if you know this part, the people who are listening to you saying your gratitudes also receive the exact benefit. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Right. And so you're giving a gift to everyone that you get to share your gratitudes with. And then when they share them with you, you know, you get it too. So it's all like this awesome, like circle. Mm -hmm. Circle. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Well, gosh, Luca, it's been amazing talking to you. Thank you for taking the time to explore all these different areas. You know, I wish you all the best as a pro footballer. And with Divine Time, it's an exciting organization and just happy to be aligned with you and supporting you in that. And just really am grateful for you and your time today. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for this conversation, for you, for Athlete Mindset. And just, yeah, as Divine Time, we're extremely excited to be partnered with you guys. So thank you. Athlete Mindset is part of the CasSource Podcast Network. At CasSource, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're growing this one-of-a-kind podcast network. 
If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you by searching Kaz Source on your social media app of choice. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network, the Kaz Source Podcast Network. 